Pope Clement I was a pope who actually knew the Apostle Peter himself, and he was intimately aware of the tremendous suffering and anguish that the Apostle Peter and his friends endured when they were persecuted because of their devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. In one of his writings, Pope Clement speaks of the suffering and death of the Apostles and others, and he says that their martyrdom, their persecution, was the result of jealousy and envy on the part of their persecutors. Here's some of the words of Pope Clement describing the martyrdom of the Apostle Peter and his friends. It was through jealousy and envy that the greatest and most upright pillars of the Church were persecuted and struggled unto death. First of all, Peter, who because of unreasonable jealousy suffered not merely once or twice, but many times. Further on, Pope Clement says, it was through jealousy and conflict that Paul showed the way to the prize for perseverance. He was put in chains seven times, sent into exile, and stoned. All of these persecutions that Paul endured, according to Pope Clement, were the result of jealousy and envy working in the hearts of their persecutors. Later on, Pope Clement says, Around these men, with their holy lives, there gathered a great throng of the elect, who, though victims of jealousy, gave us the finest example of endurance in the midst of many indignities and tortures. He also says that it was jealousy that separated wives and husbands. Jealousy and strife have over overthrown great cities and uprooted mighty nations. We see in this writing of Pope Clement that he recognizes that something in the heart of those who persecuted the apostles caused all kinds of evil to be unleashed against them. In the Gospels, when we're hearing about the persecution and crucifixion of Jesus, there is one line in one of the Gospels that jumps out that kind of gives a clue or a full explanation of what was really going on in the hearts of the enemies of Jesus, and it was envy. There's a line which says that Pontius Pilate perceived it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered Jesus to be crucified. So what that means is in the case of the apostles and their martyrdom, but also in the martyrdom of Jesus and his crucifixion, that the power of envy was working big time in the hearts of those who did evil to bring about these unjust acts against Jesus and against the apostles. Envy. Envy is a powerful force that leads people to do all kinds of evil. There's a section in the Catechism of the Catholic Church on the Ten Commandment, and it says this about envy. Envy is a capital sin. It refers to the sadness at the sight of another's goods and the immoderate desire to acquire them for oneself, even unjustly. When it wishes grave harm to a neighbor, it is a mortal sin. In other words, you see some goodness in someone else and you feel threatened by that. So you want to somehow destroy that, thinking if you destroy that, you'll acquire some goodness. But it doesn't work. You just cause destruction. And we see that at work in the hearts of the enemies of Jesus and the enemies of the apostles who brought about their death. St. Gregory the Great lived in the late 500s and early 600s, and he spoke about envy in this way. He said, from envy are born hatred, detraction, calumny, joy caused by the misfortune of a neighbor, and displeasure caused by his prosperity.
Now, detraction and calumny is when you either say false things about someone to tear them down, or you say true things about them, but they're things that no one needs or has a right to know. And you do that to tear them down. Envy moves you to do bad things. St. Augustine, who lived around this time a little bit earlier, saw envy as the, di the diabolical sin. It's the work of the evil spirit. Envy is bad. And what it does is it attacks relationships from within. So if you look at the chief priests and the Pharisees, they could have had a good relationship to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, but their envy worked in their heart and led them to hate Him, led Him to want Him dead and gone. With the people who persecuted the apostles, same thing. They could have had a good relationship with Peter and his friends, but their envy led them to want to hate, to hate and just hate and hate. Envy destroys relationships, all relationships. It comes right from the spirit of evil. In the Book of Wisdom from the Old Testament, it says that it was through the devil's envy that death entered into this world. In other words, the spirit of evil envied humanity's closeness to God, that we were made by God in His image and likeness, and the spirit of evil hated that and therefore wanted to destroy humanity and has caused all kinds of trouble. If you look in the life of Jesus, right when He's born, we see envy. We see King Herod. He's so envious of this newborn king of the Jews, he wants to kill him. And what does that envy lead King Herod to do? Well, one of the first things is it leads him to try to deceive the wise men, or the three kings, the wise men from the east. Now, if you think about that, if you met the wise men, these mysterious individuals that we honor every Christmas time, I would want to talk to them. I would want to listen to them and learn from them. I would want to become friends with them. But King Herod, he wants to deceive them. He wants to use them as instruments of intelligence to find some way to destroy Jesus. So envy has moved him to ruin his own relationship to these tremendously awesome gifts from God in the wise men. And then envy moves King Herod to kill all those children in his effort to feed his envy. In the case of those who led to the crucifixion of Jesus, the chief priests, envy led them to evil. These chief priests and Pharisees, they probably didn't start off that way. They probably started off as young people wanting to, to know God and to love Him and to share His love and truth with others. But at some point, they became corrupt, so corrupt that they had nothing to do with God except they were opposed to God. Their envy led them from being religious people to being malicious people. Instead of being lovers of God and of humanity, they became haters. Envy attacked and ruined their relationship to God and to His Son Jesus. Envy is a powerful force and it's insidious. It gets into people's hearts and it causes all manner of trouble. It's still at work today. I know so many examples where envy hurt relationships. I knew a construction worker who was a good worker, and because he was a good worker, some other workers tried to tear him down. They tried to malign him, they gossiped about him and lied about him, made all kinds of trouble for him. And those guys weren't bad workers, they weren't bad guys either, but they allowed envy in their heart to lead them to try to tear down another good worker. I knew a police officer who had done a lot of good work for his community and for his police department. 
and he got the envy of one of the bosses in his police force. And that's pretty scary because when you have a police officer who envies you, that's someone who, who carries a gun, so it's pretty scary what they could do to you. And his bosses made his life miserable for a long time. I knew two permanent deacons who, believe it or not, they had received the envious treatment by a Catholic pastor who had been threatened and envious of these deacons' accomplishments in their own personal lives and also envious of their preaching. One of the deacons was told never to preach by this pastor because the pastor was envious of his preaching. Now think about that for a moment. That pastor wasn't a bad guy, but somehow envy got in his heart and he didn't want the people in his parish to hear this powerful and effective preaching from a permanent deacon because of envy. It led the pastor to move in the wrong direction. I knew a hockey player, good, good hockey player, and a good man, and he got the envy of another hockey player, and that other hockey player checked him from behind and almost broke the guy's back. Envy did that. When what should have happened is the other hockey player should have said, hey, teach me how to be a hockey player like you. I knew a school teacher who was really good with the students and with other teachers and incurred the envy of another teacher. Got the envy of another teacher who made her life miserable each day. Envy ruins relationships. Envy can work within relationships of families, which should be a relationship of love. In the Old Testament, there's a story of Joseph who was very gifted. All his brothers were gifted also, but Joseph had these special gifts that somehow caused his brothers to envy him, and they treated him like garbage. They tried to kill him. Envy among siblings is very, very evil. You can have siblings in a family who start off loving each other naturally, but because of envy, they become enemies, and they could ignore each other for decades. It's evil. Envy can attack a marriage. You can have a good marriage, two really good people who want to live in God's grace and, and be honest and good to each other, and envy starts to work on one of the hearts or both of the hearts of this couple. One could be envious of the other's job, health, or good relationship with others. Could be envious of how the other relates to other family members or to children. And that envy can erode their relationship. It can cause them to drift apart and actually become enemies living in the same household. Envy is spiritually dangerous. It wells up in our heart without us even knowing it. It's like a slow fog that moves in. It wounds relationships. First, our relationship to God, because when we have envy, we're telling God that He was wrong to give His gifts to this person and that person. And then it wounds our relationships with others, co-workers, friendships, marriage, family. It can ruin relationships among nations. It can get out of control, too. What do you see in envy? You see it's an attack on love. And Jesus came to, to destroy this work of evil. And one of the things he does, he tells us that the great command is love, to love God and to love one another. Envy is at work in human hearts. What do we do when we are victims of envy? It's going to happen in one way or another. It's not easy. You have someone 
that you've always been good to and little by little they start turning against you and you don't know why. Most likely it could be envy. And they could be envious of something in you that you don't even know you have or that you're doing. What do you do when we're victims of envy? We got to be like Jesus and like the martyrs, like the apostles. Forgive. Don't hate. Forgive. But keep doing the right thing. You keep focusing on living in a way pleasing to God. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He goes right to the cross. He forgives his enemies, his envious enemies. And then he prays for them. He forgives them. He talks to God. He forgives the other people, other guy on the cross and leads him to heaven. He continues his mission. The apostles, the same thing. When you're a victim of envy, remember Jesus. You're one with him. And you want to imitate how he handled his victimhood against envy. He continues doing the right thing and he forgives. But what happens when we are the envious ones? When envy is coming up in our hearts and we didn't even know it, but we find ourselves a little at a time resenting a good person, resenting someone who has always been good to us, and we try to find some way to tear them down. Well, what do we do? We got to do something because if we don't, envy is going to take over our hearts and cause us to spread all kinds of ruin into the lives of others. And this ruin is going to be real and it's going to hurt people. St. John Chrysostom, who's another old-timer saint, lived in the late 300s AD. And the reason why I mention the dates of when these characters lived is because it shows that envy is something that is historical. It's been working in the hearts of individual human beings since the beginning. St. John Chrysostom gives some advice that can help us to overcome envy within our own hearts. He says, Would you like to see God glorified by you? Then rejoice in your brother's progress or your sister's progress, and you will immediately give glory to God. And St. John goes on to say that you have conquered envy in your own heart and you rejoice in the merits of others. In other words, you rejoice in how God has blessed others. So we have to be vigilant against envy within our own hearts. We have to, because it's going to hit us. It's going to come up to our hearts when we least expect it. And immediately rejoice that others seem more gifted than you, than us. That's the way God arranged things. And we should try to let the gifts of others, even if they totally outshine us, to inspire us and to lead us to gratitude to God. We have to fight envy. But the thing is, we cannot control envy in the lives of other people. But we can control our own envy. We can control our own hearts. We have to be humble before God and before others. Envy could be the source of all the world's problems. If you think about how envy led people to crucify Jesus, who is God himself, who is the fullness of God's love to this world, envy can be the source of all the world's problems. If we allow envy to take over our hearts, then we're just going to spread ruin into the lives of others. We're going to hate. There's already too much hate in this world. We have to resist the temptation to envy. So, brothers and sisters, let us devote ourselves to Jesus Christ the Lord. He was a victim of envy, and he emerged victorious. If we renew our devotion to him 
and humble ourselves before His grace and His truth, then He can help us to endure the envy of others, and He can heal us of our own envy. And you know, when we have conquered envy in our own hearts, then we will become instruments of God's love in this world. God bless you.